everyone, I'm Dee Abair, State Manager at REA, and welcome back to our second episode of our three-part series, Customers Need Transparency. I'm joined again by my co-host, Greg Braun, who's our Senior Market Research Manager at REA. Hi, Greg. Hi, Dee. How are you going? Good, thank you. Great to be back. It is good to be back um, for the second episode. Um, and hello, everyone. Um, if you tuned into our first episode on buyers, you know the aim of this podcast is really to take a deep dive into the three main customer journeys you're likely to deal with. So that's buyers, that's sellers, and that's renters. Um, today, we're switching our focus a little bit, um, talking to everything about sellers. Um, and so this episode, we're going to really try and give you some insights into their information needs, how, um, how they go about it, when they're not met, and how this can actually lead to transparency issues. Um, spoiler alert, um, price is an issue for sellers as well, um, not just for buyers. So we'll get a bit more into that in, um, in, in time to come. So Greg, in the last episode, we spoke about buyers and now we're talking about sellers today. Are they similar? Do they, do they also need transparency like buyers do? Yeah, absolutely. That is a, that is a excellent first question. Um, yeah. And I think, um, I think, uh, we, we kind of need to think about the consumer um, more broadly than just these buckets that we, we can sometimes put them in. Um, if you tuned into the buyer one, um, you were there, obviously, D, so you did. Um, but um, what I started talking about there was really about how the consumers evolved um, over the last 10 or 20 years, um, really to become more of a, less of a kind of consumer as we know them, but more of kind of an expert consumer. Um, and that actually changes the, the narrative a little bit when, when, we, um, when we go in and talk to them. Um, they've transitioned from, from that consumer to expert, as they say. But I think in this country as well, one observation that I've had is that, you know, we, we can sometimes think of Australia as, as somewhat more of a kind of an island that's somewhat immune to the rest of the world. Um, but I think, you know, things like the internet, you know, no surprise there, but they've really kind of closed that gap about where consumers' heads are at, what their expectations are, and what they're thinking, feeling, and doing when it comes to these types of things. So we really need to think about the Australian consumer more like a global consumer. Really, really interesting. It sounds as though we're seeing fairly similar patterns emerge across both buyers and also the sellers. Yeah, completely. Um, like buyers, sellers are becoming so well-informed, right? Why wouldn't they? Um, they're doing lots of research at that that that, that early search stage um, when they're just trying to find out about the process and what what they need to do to kind of start that journey, um, and then working you know and eventually working closely with the agents. But um, at that initial stage, what's really interesting, they're spending kind of four weeks there um, just figuring this stuff out. It's not like cramming for your for your exam and doing it all in the night before and hoping for the best, as we might all be familiar with. It's actually spending, you know, a good month of revision um, and working out the lay of the land so they can really go in as informed um, expert consumers and have a have a have a conversation. And you know, it's it's just a, a natural reaction of what we do now. It's not something we we, we need to do it's something that we choose to do because we like doing it and you know if the last 12 months are anything to go by we had a lot of time on our hands to do this type of stuff but it's not just about that it's really about how we've evolved um, over a longer period and I think thinking about sellers um, in some ways they're on a more complex journey than any of those other buy buy types that we're, we're gonna and we have been speaking about um, our property seeker survey which is really the bulk of our this discussion um, 
has has shown that um, around 43% of sellers are also looking to buy. They might also be looking to rent. They might also be having a number of other complex issues going on as well. So if you think about that, um, they've got kind of a lot on their plates and a lot, lot to get their head around. They absolutely do. So they're spending four weeks in that exploration stage. Can you tell me what they're what they're interested in finding out in those those four weeks leading up to? Yeah. Um, in short, anything and everything that they can. Um, you know, again, the property seeker survey shed some really clear light on this to say that it was really around you know the information about you know to guide them through the process. How do they do it? What are they? What are the watchouts? Tips and advice on how to actually sell their property. Property landscape, economic trends, price estimates, um, suburb, national property metrics, all of these things that kind of contextualize their situation in a slightly bigger scale, but also then down to you know what their suburbs are doing and, and, and eventually what their house is kind of doing and what their house or property is, is actually worth. Um, the content they're accessing is you know property market reports, um, what's going on in the market and and importantly what their place is really going to sell for. Um, that's what that's what we all want to know. It always comes back to price, right? Absolutely. Well, why is it so important for them to know this before leaping into selling their property? Well, I guess it's um, I guess it's that kind of change in mentality that I referred to earlier, just saying that we've all become a bit more like that. Um, this is a sort of a natural behaviour of the, the modern day consumer. Um, but forewarned is forearmed. You know, these are big decisions. They've always been big decisions. But I guess that that more information that's actually available and out there, um, we can actually harness and use to our advantage and go in to have those better better kind of expert consumer conversations um, that, that we want to have now. So I'm just putting my agent hat on now um, for all the agents listening. What can agents do knowing that this type of information is really important for sellers? Yeah, well, um, I think it's 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 almost, you know, knowing as, knowing what is useful to them is useful to you. It tells you as an agent what you need to know, what questions they're likely to have, um, and also, you know, they're going to form particular views of the market and have particular ideas in their head about suburb prices, you know, their property price. And you kind of need to know where they're coming from because that can ultimately have a, you know, allow you to have a better conversation with them. They might be, you know, dreaming um, in terms of what they can achieve. But if you know where that's coming from, it just allows you to have a really kind of, you know, considered and, and expert, you know, an additional expert conversation with them, perhaps to uh, bring them back down to earth if that's, you know, if that's what's needed at that time. Um, ironically, I suppose as well, um, and what we do see a little bit as well is that, you know, you can almost have too much information as well and not not quite know what to, to do with it, which is really where the agent's expertise come into play, because you can look at, you know, a thousand different sources of, of whatever it might be, form some opinions, but actually that could also kind of put you into a position where you don't actually know what to believe or there's inconsistent or conflicting information out there. So it's the job of the agent really to bring them back in and, and, and almost give them a, a source of truth or, um, you know, a, a kind of, cutting through all of that noise, what, what is the reality at the moment, um, you know, in the, in the world of, of property? And that's where the expert can really play, um, the expert professional can really play um, an important part. I asked you this question about buyers, but do sellers just spend their time online? Um, elsewhere yeah elsewhere uh, all over the place um i think with sellers as well you know it's um everyone's got an experience 
depending so that research stage it will happen on, online and offline um predominantly online i guess that's where most information can be found reference and source and all of that um there will be times when they'll go you know offline speak to their friends and family that word of mouth piece is still really influential here when you are picking an agent that's probably when it becomes even more influential influential because you're asking your friends family what their experience was um, who they used and how was it um, ratings and reviews as well which will we have a whole section on that um, later on in this insight series but rating reviews are becoming even more important as well just because it gives you um, uh, another touch point or another data point so really the the offline you know asking your friends and family is the you know is the ratings reviews but in real life the digital version of that um, is, is another source that they will use too right uh, so just having a think about sellers we've, we've spoken uh, about the decisions they need to make mm -hmm. uh, it sounds like there's a lot uh, for sellers to consider but do sellers need us to be transparent anywhere else in the journal? I mean, uh, all of that information, you know, if I suppose if if the world was was perfect, all that information would be full, complete, transparent. Um, and, you know, they would be, be able to form some very, you know, robust opinions about you know, the situation and, and, and then go and speak to the agent and have those, you know, great conversations and uh, progress that that, you know, that sale, I suppose. However, it's not a perfect world. Um, and, you know, like buyers, uh, they have a lot of other issues that they want, you know, that they kind of want um, refined. Um, price is a big issue for sellers at the moment. Um, knowing what price to sell their actual property for is the, is the biggest or the hardest decision that they, that they can make. Um, because the, the information they have just doesn't really speak to that. Um, and it's hard, I suppose, because it's, you know, for like buyers, um, there's a lack of transparency there. Um, there's no sort of single source of truth. Um, there are estimates, there are, um, you know, different guides that they'll read, but it's really difficult to kind of pinpoint what that is. Now, you know, you, you probably don't have to have many conversations with many people in the office and around um, to hear, you know, that, 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 that kind of, experience where you know i've been to an auction and um it was going for a million dollars and then suddenly it went up to 1.2 and sold for 1.3 mm -hmm. um not every interaction is like that but there are stories that you know you don't have to go far to find someone who's got that that is kind of a what that boils down to is an issue of um of, of kind of frustration but also eventually trust and transparency because they don't you know you can't really determine what a price a property is going to go for um, if your experience is that it was set for about a million, you expect it to go either side of that, but not, you know, 20, 30% more. And I think that's, that's what sellers are facing right now, um, as a, as a real kind of problem. The implication of that, um, you know, I, I guess, first of all, you know, it might be market forces, which are hard, hard to predict, or you might get a kind of a rogue bidder come in at that auction and, and, you know, put the price up and no one could have really foreseen that. But I think consumers don't really care about the reasons for it. They just care the fact that they thought it was a million. They're expecting to pay maybe a bit more or maybe a bit less in an ideal world, but it's gone for 20, 30% more. The implication of this is it creates real disappointment in that situation um, and distrust in the process. And in the long term, I would argue it hemorrhages the, the industry's reputation. We definitely are seeing those trends across Australia post-COVID with that supply-demand issue with properties. So uh, we know it has an effect um, uh, on the industry. 
But doesn't that really affect the buyers rather than the sellers? Um, yeah, uh, well, yes, at a top level it does. Um, you know, buyers are the ones that kind of lose out, miss out. They thought it was a million, but it's actually gone for more. Sellers are on paper the ones who win because, you know, they're getting a, a better price for their for their property. But I think it kind of ignores that simplistic, simplistic way of looking at it, almost ignores the fact that these aren't two different groups. These aren't kind of separate entities that never become the other. You know, sellers become buyers, buyers become sellers. Um, so as I say, sellers will be happy achieving this extra price, you know, uh, than what was predicted. Um, but what happens when they become buyers, you know, which they will eventually pretty much most of the time. Um, they know from personal experience that when they're buying something, you know, they've been on the receiving end of it and won, but they're going to be receiving end of it and kind of lose because the price is going to go up for when they're buying their property. So the gains made in uh, when they're a seller are kind of lost when they're a buyer. You could argue it's a sort of a zero sum game in some senses. Um, but ultimately it becomes, you know, you probably don't remember the wins as much as you remember the losses. And so it becomes an issue of clarity and transparency again. Um, you know, and, and potentially that, that experience turns sour when you're on the receiving end as a buyer. Yeah, absolutely. Does make perfect sense. So where does that leave us then? Are there, are there three things that you could potentially tell agents listening today to consider, um, particularly around this issue of transparency with sellers? What are the three things that they should be really considering? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, um, I think when we when we spoke at the start, it was really about you know this four week window where people are just sort of squirreling away and finding information and kind of doing it for themselves in a way. Um, I think agents need to really show patience during this time. Um, we know that um, you know this information amongst sellers is growing, the need for it, they're hungry for it, um, but what they what they may or may not do is reach out in this time but they will reach out because the information isn't there it's not transparent it's not clear so they're going to reach out for guidance um but at that point it's difficult to know where they're at but you know um we kind of have to work this out as best we can but to to know that they're in that stage to know that they're not ready to kind of take the next step until they're fully informed is probably um is probably number one um so just showing patience and and, and kind of you know helping them along their way until they're ready to take that next move. The second one is probably about, you know, is there an opportunity to become a market leader in trust here? Um, it's 2021, um, trust isn't going away, and trust is so highly linked to this idea of transparency. I can get everything I need, it looks legit, I feel good about it, I trust it. Um, so how do you as an agency and by default the agent become um, a sort kind of a source of truth agency? You know, the ones that people rely on for that information, um, you know, knowing what your customers are looking at, being able to preempt those questions um, and understand where they're formed opinions. So you can actually sort of gently um, guide them, you know, in the right direction if, if they're going off track. And then the third one's really about kind of getting better about being transparent with this sales price. Um, we've spoken about it a little bit with the buyers, but it's, you know, it's equally as relevant for sellers, but in a slightly different way. Um, but let's not forget, you know, buyers are sellers, sellers are buyers. And, you know, I'm, I preach to converted here, um, but it's, um, it's, it's a real issue and, and one that I think still needs solving. Absolutely fascinating again. Thank you, Greg. It's, it's been really interesting to hear about this customer group. If any of our listeners want any more information, you can access a downloadable PDF from the Agent Marketing Centre. 
that looks into the data we've touched on today and also previously with buyers. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that this episode has given you some insight into why it's just so incredibly important to be transparent and how you can implement some small changes within your approach to alleviate your customers' frustrations. In the meantime, if you'd like to know more about your key customers and sellers in particular, head to the Agent Marketing Centre online where you can download more information. We'll be back with our final episode on renters very soon. Thanks for listening. Cheers.